Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Welcome back to Tip Today. Tipperary Women in Business on Tip FM. Funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Tipperary's Tip FM. Now, this week's Women in Businesses, uh, Business even, uh, focuses on a great friend of the show, Muriel Cuddy from Marito 8020. Good morning to you, Muriel. How are you? Morning, Fran. You're looking, you're looking more apprehensive than usual. Because why? The spotlight is on you now? Kind of out of my comfort zone a little, yeah. When I can talk about food and food-related and lifestyle, yeah, that's like my world, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah spotlight's on but me, it's not normally. When I was thinking about this, though, I realised, I mean, I know you for years now at this point, but I don't fully know the story, so to speak. I mean, what about your introduction into business, for example? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Um, I would say, and I will always say, um, my love of business and my level of learning uh, came from Daddy, the fact that he was in business. And I started working with him very early. So I was 15 when I literally was dropped into the office at home and I had to learn everything, literally hands-on from then. And I suppose he put me into different worlds, bank worlds, finance worlds, different worlds. From that age on, as in, you you, you swim, literally, or you, you sink and you don't sink because anybody will know from being in a family business, uh, you just get up and you get and on well, with it. And you're pretty much immediately dealing with banks and with Oh, totally. From the very be- From the very beginning. Like, I remember, like, at 15 or whatever, I, I couldn't drive, of course, so Mammy had to do the driving, so she yeah. brought me to the bank. But, like, anything that had to be done then, I had to do it and I had to learn very fast how to do it. I think at the time, Daddy had probably about 300 people working for him. So wages, wow. all of that kind of thing. Like, that was my role. Now, he was wonderful, as in, he 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 came across sometimes people as, as a cross man, but he wasn't, as in, you know, even when I made mistakes and done things wrong, he'd give out or whatever, but he was always 150% behind me mm. for me to step up and go on and do it again, you know. But, um, yeah, that's where my... The nature of his business, though, it was a very male business, was it not? Oh, it was totally, yeah. I would yeah. have been the only woman in it. It was, it it was, was forestry, wasn't it? was it? forestry, yeah. yeah. So it was all men. It was men coming in and, out, in and out all day long. I think I loved that, though, because... Even in school, I don't ever remember having a huge, huge degree of women friends. That's come later in life mm. or whatever. But you get men get on with it. So that's the basic, like, yeah, you know, and even if things aren't done at 100% or whatever, men, there's never a row. There's never, or if somebody needs to say something to you, they'll say it to mm. you. And that's the way it was, like, always, like, I learned very fast, like, you do it and you do your job and you just get on with and it. And were you ever treated as the little woman in the office? No, I don't think so. No, yeah. never, never, no. I don't think I would have taken that anyway, yeah, to be I don't honest. Think so either, yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, from very early age, uh, everything was very black and white in my world. And uh, yeah, no, I just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed chatting. I think the, the I was isolated so that piece I think was hard as in at 15 in the country um, my friends had gone in school and I had to do my leaving search at night and all the education I've do, had, I've done literally since that day had to be done either at night or blended learning so the blended learning pieces you're doing it online yes. but you're driving every weekend so you're literally Saturday and Sunday you're in the car you're heading to Dublin or you're heading to wherever say Limerick and Dublin were the two places that I would have um, done all my education so I did find that piece tough and even though I was doing the business piece my love was always in nutrition lifestyle exercise and all of that so I started doing all of that at night 
and I started doing all my education piece on that at night. So even though I'd worked the five days um, or six sometimes, I was out every single night on the road working the other piece. So did you have a goal at that point? No, I didn't know what I was going to do at that point because I was in the world um, with Daddy and I knew I had to stay there. That wasn't an option for me to walk away from Mm. that. And as time went on even, it's funny, my, my husband started in business doing the same business. So all of a shot I had... Uh, one business here and another business here and I was doing both Um, but the other piece I loved so I stayed doing that at night and that was in my head yeah definitely especially if we could have kids and stuff that I wanted to do that piece I loved it I loved sideline stuff I loved doing one-to-ones with people and everything but I suppose when you're in business like that there's so much involved in it the day-to-day and the ups and downs and everything of it to take yourself out of it when people really need you is really hard and anyone that's in business or in a family business will understand that Mm. and then in Seamus's business, um, or I can say even our business or whatever, there was a couple of tragedies as in there was there was driver error involved accidents. They were massive and they were very early on, say. So, um, and I suppose it's important to talk about this because people that are in business will really, this will resonate because I have this look at the minute, say, with Marito and everything and there's a story behind where you get to, if yes, that makes sense. Yeah. And and there was there was two tragic accidents in the space of two years and in in, in those two years then we would have lost everything because of insurance, etc. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the learning in that, how it changes you even as a person is massive and you can hear that even in my voice because even when I think back to it, um, the first one, I think, I was actually pregnant with Kyle at that time. And when I heard that night somebody had been killed that was like with us or whatever, that was awful. And then literally 12 months later, the same thing happened again. So when you lose everything and you have to come back again, it's kind of the piece, isn't it? That makes you now put your feet on the floor every morning and get up because you have no choice. You're still upset over this. Um, that, that, yeah, I suppose... Yeah, when anybody gets killed or yeah. anybody loses a life and even when I hear today of somebody losing their life in any which way, one of the families, like, he was married, he had kids, you know, and, and like, that just, it changes you, it, it affects you, like, and that piece, even in business, it makes you, it changes you as a person, Fran. There's, there's some, I can't say any more than that. Like, I was young, I was only 20, no, I was more, I was 25 or 6, I'd say. But I wasn't the same person after that. And as each thing happens to you, and I suppose this is what differentiates between somebody being in business and self-employed to somebody that's actually employed in a world. When you're self-employed, different things that happen, you have to, what, what would I say? When the, the SHIT hits the fan, it comes straight back on top of you. And you don't have anyone else. You have to deal with it yourself in your own way. And you have to say to yourself, do I get up and get on and do it again? Or do I pull back? And when the second, when it happened the second time, we lost everything to the extent we had to head to Sweden. So we had to pick up the two lads at that time. And we went to Sweden because there was an opportunity for us to earn money. And start again. So we went to Sweden because James followed storm damage at the time. Mm. So there was a big, there was tax, tax, um, what's the word? exemptions etc so you had the chance of making money so we had the chance to go there and make enough to like literally pay back everything that we couldn't pay because the insurance claims or whatever so we went for nine months and brought a team of lads or whatever with us and but it it was fantastic out there it was like headspace it was there was night and day like there was like an one hour one hour I think sunshine or whatever but my memories of it like are fantastic the lads worked 24 hours a day um, as hard as they could possibly. I was there with these two little people. But that was my first start even into the whole exercise world of working on my own because I was able to work then when I got a chance. And they had gyms there and the gyms that were there, they were fantastic. So they were they were set up for uh, people that had strokes 
or had different issues and we hadn't seen that like this is going back like 25 years ago mm, mm. so when I went into work there there was phys- physios there working full time there was psychotherapists working full time so if you came in and you had been through an illness or anything had happened to you you went to the physio first of all then you'd come out say to, to me or whatever the machines were all like double sided so like if you were paralysed down one side we were able to work with you on the other side to strengthen it or if there was a weakness we could work with the weakness and then the, the nutrition side came with it as in well if we're, if we're um, healing the body why aren't we healing the mind and in, internally they were streets ahead so that's where all this started I, I think so that was my real love of how you can put the dots can really join together and you can really make a huge difference like when you'd see people coming in and being that little bit more mobile going out and every single week that went by and, and, and it was their hub and they just you were giving people back their lives again yeah so I, I suppose that's where my yeah and uh, that that's fascinating because I often wonder how people can find that resilience in themselves to start up again after something tears your business apart. Yeah. You know? I think if you're self-employed, you've you, that that DNA is there. I've never worked for anyone, so I've always been self-employed to some yes. extent. Yeah, so I I don't think I could ever work for anyone that somebody would be telling me what to do and I have to be in from nine to five. I don't know. I think when you're self-employed, there's some sort of a fire there that always makes you think you can do more, you can do better, you can build bigger. And, and like, yes, the money side is there to a certain extent, but there's all the other side because if you were only ever money motivated, anyone that's only ever money motivated, I think never makes it in business. You have to have the other piece as well that you're able to, you know, do the resilience. And so the germ of the idea, I guess, came when you, when, when you were mm-hmm. away. How soon were you able to implement that in terms of forming your own business, your own specific business? I think nearly immediately. Um, I definitely started around 1996, 1997. So the first company I started with, so I was on my own for a little while and I started the first company, Health and Fitness Ireland, um, around 97 or 98. And it was exactly the same idea or that concept that was in in, um, in Sweden. Mm. Um, and I had a, a great guy with me um, putting the, all of that together, whatever, Darren, that we were we were able to get like psychologists, psychotherapists, uh, nutritionists um, from the exercise piece or whatever. And we put together a team and that team then we took into schools, etc. in the beginning. So we were putting together the picture very young for kids that, you know, you have to take yeah. all the boxes or whatever. So we TY workshops and then presentations for teachers. And I worked with the NEPD, like the National Association of Principals and Deputies, um, uh, doing screening programmes and that. But we'd done that for years and that was great. And then COVID came. So that kind of knocked the legs out from under it all again. So that business literally went, literally, the minute COVID um, happened. But again, you have no choice. So there was bills and there was all the different things that had to be paid, whatever. Um, So we had to pivot again. So that was the next thing was to pivot again. Um, So COVID testing was our next thing. So we started off again and off we took down the road at half four in the morning to building sites and whatever and opened the doors and tested people as they came in so they could go to work. But you know, it's funny, everything you're doing and when you're self-employed, Fran, it's, 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 it's all great and everything, but I think you can't do it as a woman unless you have support. And I suppose that would be one of the biggest things for me to kind of get across today. And even anyone that's in here will tell you that has kids. So I know, and I'm not knocking men in the, in the whatever, you know, but mm. even like say Ali that's here at work today or whatever, I think for me, being in business, that's possibly one of the hardest hardest things I have to juggle every single day. Family. Is being a woman. Yeah, literally. It's it's the piece of trying to get it right because people look at you and, and it's like you're supposed to be a superhero. And when you're doing the work world and the family world, you might tear into a parent-teacher meeting, you might whatever. There's no superheroes. 
every single one of us women that are working, I think are on the verge of collapse or near crash 90% of the time. I think there might be 10% that you actually feel, oh Lord, it's actually going well now today. And you don't even say it very loud because you're terrified. Because there are no superheroes. And I think if you get it 100% right at work, you're probably only getting 20% at home. And if you're getting 100% at home, you're only getting 20% at work. You know, and like even this morning, I was thinking of that because I have so much on my plate this week. We have the Future Mm. Beauty Show at the weekend. Mm. And coming in this morning, the boy said to me, Jaden said, I forgot my Revolut card of a match. Um, he had put his coat in the dryer last night to make sure it was fully dry. Sleeves were still wet. It was up in the windowsill trying to dry it on the, on the heater. Uh, Rocco said to me, Rocco had forgotten something else anyway, I can't remember, but, oh, he's Irish copy. She's going to kill me. I'm definitely on detention. I'm definitely on a white card. I've done my homework. You saw me doing it. That's only a little, that's only a snapshot. Right. But people don't see these things like, and my head at that stage, I it was thinking if I was a man, my head would be gone into work because it needed it to be gone into work for the day that was ahead. But it wasn't, and it was wrapped around everything to do with the kids. And it's the same in the evening times. You get through your day, and next thing is they appear on top of you, and you've forgotten all about them, and somebody says something to you, and you're like, oh, Lord. Like Rocco even said to me this morning, did you sort Thursday? It took me two or three seconds, and I was thinking, what's Thursday, what's Thursday, what's Thursday? And then it dawned, oh, the match. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the Munster final on Thursday. I haven't sorted Thursday, Fran. Like, I haven't even gotten near to thinking about tomorrow, never mind Thursday. But I'm supposed to be at his game, and the guilt kills you. Like, if, if he plays on Thursday and I don't get there, you know? With every, what drives you then? I mean, you, you, you say it's not, not money and, and you've outlined the challenges. What drives you well, along, Muriel? money definitely as well, yes. Because I definitely like nice things and I want to have mm. nice things. And I want my yeah. kids to have nice things. So definitely, the money piece definitely drives. What drives you? That's a really good question, Fran. Because it's completely different to anyone else because... I couldn't go in and work for somebody at 8 o'clock in the morning. I definitely want to build something. I definitely want to make a difference to people's lives. And I know what I'm doing in the clinic I'm in isn't being done anywhere else. Mm. And I definitely see a difference every single day in the people that leave. How did you manage to find the ambition for what you're doing? Because what you're doing is huge and I know you have plans to make it even bigger. But to do that out of difficulties with business, if you know what I mean, because of COVID or whatever, how did you find that ambition? I think it's in me. Definitely, I think 150%, you can't stop me. Hmm. And I think behind the scenes at home, my family, my immediate family, would definitely say, you need to slow down, you need to whatever. There's a massive drive. Like, I feel I'm only running at 20% of where I need to run. And somebody even said to me on Friday night, you know, he said, you don't actually see what you're doing. And I don't think I do, because I think I'm so used to, from the age we started at, putting one foot in front of the other every single day and doing the whole consistency, discipline, consistency, discipline, and and, and then taking it to the next level of, right, where can we go next and where can we go next? I think it's just part of your DNA. But Muriel, if if Muriel came in to see Muriel, and, and if you outlined your workload and your day... What would you say to Muriel, the patient? Oh, sure, it's funny. Like, I said it on Saturday because we did six six days last, last week and we possibly saw 40, 45, I saw 40 to 45 patients, whatever. And by the time I was finished on Saturday, my I was gone, like, to talk. I knew I was... And Jaden even said to me, we had to Rack Gormick to a game that he was playing in and he talks non-stop so I don't have to talk. But by the time we got into Rack Gormick, he said, now, briefly, give me a little synopsis, ma'am, of what I spoke about the whole way down. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, Lord. But, um, yeah, I would definitely say, definitely slow down, definitely pull back a little. Um, I think you have to be driven that... They talk about stress and stuff, Fran. 
The stress piece isn't the work piece. The stress piece, I think, is the support piece, I think. And, and I would say, um, I would possibly would tell Muriel, yeah, slow down and take more time out for me time because I don't do any me time at all at the minute. There isn't even, even the gym lately is starting to go to one side because it's getting taken up now with everything else. I would definitely say slow down. But I think, listening out there, women are women's best support. So again, not knocking men or whatever, but women have to support each other. We've taken another four girls into the business, right? So we've four more girls to us that are another fantastic support. As in, Charlotte's aunt was dying last year of cancer. She had no support f- while, while Helen was doing chemo, Charlotte et cetera. Working with she you, works with me, yeah. Mm. So when Charlotte was out screening, I was up at the hospital collecting Helen from chemo between appointments. Uh, it's the same with my lads. If I can't get out to get him or bring him somewhere, she's gone or she's doing whatever the dentist piece. Women have to support business. And I think the biggest piece of what has brought me on and is still bringing me on is women, fantastic women. Now, there's men in my world as well that do the mentoring piece, but there has been some fantastic women that mentor. They've been down the road. They've, they've you know, they see how hard it is and they coach you, they educate you, they help you, they show you the different ways of like, Sometimes, like, you don't have money for cleaners and you don't have money for childcare and you don't have money for those things. Like, as you get on a little bit, then you start getting a little bit more money that you can afford different bits of support and help. But, like, if you don't have that in the early days, like, I know one girl in particular is in my head even now. Um, I met her in the last, whatever, month or so. She was in an awful state. She has five kids. She has the business. She, and they're all young. They're, like, all under seven or eight or whatever. She doesn't want her business to go. But she's struggling massively. She can't afford the childcare. Um, husband works away or whatever. So, like, women have to help each other. If we don't help each other and don't become each other's best support behind the scenes, we haven't hope. And that doesn't matter whether a woman is working at home, caring in the home, working outside like I am and trying to... Do, it doesn't really matter. We're all under pressure, all of us, to try and get it right. Like, um, But, yeah, if we can back each other up to some, on some, to some extent, we're doing well. So, I mean, I know you're not... God knows I know you're not anti-men at all, but... It is easier for a man, isn't it? I I just think, and like, the men can ring in and they can knock it and they can can say whatever, they can kill me to whatever extent. But I'm 50 at this stage, right? And I feel men can go to work and concentrate on work. Whereas I think with women, there's some sort of um, an inbuilt something in us that makes us worry about everything else. If I could switch off when I go out the door in the morning or when I drop the lads off, I'd be just... Like I could get my head stuck into my work and then think about it again maybe at whatever, seven o'clock in the evening time. But we, us as women, we're not able to do that. So like if something minor has gone wrong in the morning before we ever get to school, it's going to hit your head ten times. And you know in the world I'm in, say, by the time you finish in the evening at six or seven o'clock, you're thinking then food, all of that kind of thing. And you're thinking, right, I need to get wherever, I need to get a proper dinner on, I need to get from home, I need to do all of that kind of thing. And you're still supposed to look well like when you're in there. and not, Well, that and not, was going to be my next question to yeah. you because, I mean, by the nature of what you do, you always look lovely anyway. But, I mean, I guess there's work involved. Well, in there, totally. <laughs> like, and, and in, in, the late, in the last couple of weeks, whatever, people are saying to me, you look tired. And they'd say, but Muriel, no, I don't mean that. Like, your eyes look tired. They're trying to be, trying to be nice. But uh, when somebody says you look tired, you definitely look knackered, you know. Like, but... Um, Yeah, I put the work into the exercise when I can put the work into the exercise. The other bits, I have to simplify as much as I can possibly simplify. So, um, Seamus and the lads will always know at home, the hair has to be done, the nails have to be done. So, uh, if there's no budget for anything else, I have to get those two things done. But do you feel obliged to look good all of the time? I mean, Yeah, oh, in the world I'm in now, totally. Like a few years ago, no, it didn't really matter. Definitely in the world I'm in, well, I would always have to be slim. 
and fit and that because that's part of I suppose part of who I am but it's it's still a look it's a world that you're selling to other people the world of health mm. um, now the world I mean the look is a huge deal it's a huge and like even I suppose to comfort people in the whole aesthetic side like that you can look okay and you don't have to look overdone mm. in our mm. world yeah. like this kind of a happy medium or whatever but it is yeah it's really important to look well that's a big deal Give some advice because I'm sure there's people particularly women listening to us today who might be starting out with their own business or, or, or what, what What would you say to people out there? I think the mentoring piece is massive. I think definitely if you're starting your own business, get yourself out there. Even if you can't afford, say like you need advice, you need advice, you need to take advice. So you need to make sure that you surround yourself. There are so many organisations out there now, like Tipperary Chamber, Tipperary mm. Skillnet. There are so many different really good places that you can go now. There are so many good women's groups that you can go and put Tipperary yourself into. Tipperary women in business, of course. Yes. All of that. And like, yeah. you don't have to interact. You don't have to do an awful lot in the beginning. You can just go and sit. You can, you can just, you can watch people. You look at people at, at the top and you'll think, my God, will I ever be there? Can I ever present? Can I whatever? But slowly but surely, women like that will see you. They'll take you under their wing. They'll bring you into their fold. And bit by bit, they'll show you what you need to do. You have to, be, you have to start getting good if you want to have a business at asking for help. You have to be able to ask for help. If you don't say, I need, can you help me, please, whatever, you definitely like nearly need to stop now because that's a huge piece. Even in the house, little things. I remember Mammy said it to me years ago. Will you stop worrying about the house? Like, the super clean all you, you can't do that you literally have to come in the front door at night if you're after putting in a full day or whatever and step over the gear bags mm. and step over the mess and if things need to be washed for tomorrow wash them but don't worry about the other piece because you'll kill yourself you can't it's not possible to keep it all right and I know I talk about food and proper dinners and all of that but you have to simplify it as much as you can and sometimes if the lads don't have a proper dinner or things aren't done to whatever you have to go a little bit easier on yourself and say listen okay I, I can pull back a little here the other thing is, and we spoke about this this morning because there's a wonderful woman after coming into my world again to mentor. So, like, we never know it all. We never. I don't care if, like, we're 90 or 100, there are still things to learn. But this woman is a really strong woman. And she's after giving me two or three good kick up, kicks up the backside in the last couple of weeks since she came in in relation to different things I need to do and different areas I need to grow in and get stronger in or whatever. Turn around and take the kicks in the arse. Literally. So excuse the word or whatever. Mm, mm. Because when you do, you're learning. And you never know it all. And if you can, if somebody like that can mentor you and you're doing something wrong, if you listen and you learn and you don't take the criticism to heart totally, you've a really good chance of progressing. But if somebody gives you advice, especially in the early days, because this is really hard in the early days because it's your little baby and it's your wonderful little yeah. whatever business and you think you've it all done and all thought about, like don't take things to heart. If somebody criticises something, most of the time it's for the good of what you're doing. Walk away and listen, walk away and just take time out and think to yourself and say, what can I take from that now that I can actually use? I can put that bit aside. Yeah, okay, I didn't like that, but I can use the other bit because most of the time it's all very relevant. It's very interesting advice. Does the ambition ever stop? I mean, are you constantly ambitious? I mean, Marita was very successful now. Are you looking to the next phase of oh, Marita? Oh, Fran, I have so much ambition. It's literally, I have so many things, like the hours in the day are not long enough. I know I'm doing the one-to-ones at the minute, but I need to take myself out of, and only, only do that maybe two days a week because there's so many other things that I need to do to mm. build and to grow and to whatever so I want to run at a million miles an hour but yeah I'm, I'm held back but yeah so if I was to give any advice to anyone Fran it's the support piece for me that's the support piece right. if there's men in our world support us the women in your world bring them in behind you and get them to support you that's huge 
Fascinating. Really, really interesting talk today. Now I know even more about you, Muriel. Uh, Lovely to see you, and thanks very much uh, indeed. We'll take a break. We're back with more in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 